Live from the Blair County Convention Center in Altoona, Pennsylvania, it's the Kima Podcast, the emergency management podcast for Kima members, by Kima members. I'm your host, Paul Falavolito. Joining me, as always, it's Miss Amy Amir. Hey, Paul. Hey, what's going on? Listen, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm not going to be shocked with this one. I'm not going to talk the rest But of I am jumping out of my skin right now because we have talked about doing this podcast for just about a year now, and I am very, very honored and very excited to not only have one National Weather Service representative here, but two. From the National Weather Service office in Pittsburgh, it's Mr. Fred McMullen. Hi, Fred. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Oh, my God. I cannot believe we're doing this. It's Christmas before Halloween. It is Christmas before Halloween. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know we were at Walmart. Holy cow. <laughs> and uh, joining Fred from the National Weather Service office in State College, it's Matt Steinbugel. Hey, Paul. Great to be here. Did I get it right? You got it. All right, man. So, listen, I, I got to tell you, I'm a weather junkie. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that if Fred had a dollar... For every time I tweet him pictures uh, to verify stuff, um, he might be able to buy himself dinner tonight. Accurate. Yeah. At Permanent Brothers. Yeah. For a sandwich? Sandwich. Yep. But, uh, no, seriously, in all honesty, it, it reinforces what you just said in the class that you just taught about having real people, you know, to be able to talk to uh, with emergency management and weather. Um, you know, it, it just makes it that much more uh, valuable. Uh, with what we do and uh, you know weather and emergency management is a big big deal so can you guys just give us a quick overview of the class that you just taught sure thing Paul Um, I think if the key takeaway was um, you know how the weather service can um, provide decision support for emergency managers whether it's through virtual capacity uh, through remote support uh, at the office or on-site deployments Um, we went through a number of different ways we can do that, a lot of different products and services that we provide, and went, also went through um, you know ways that we can engage more, um, went through some opportunities, examples, uh, real life, um, provided an exercise on um, hazmat and uh, uh, high split capabilities. So it was a really, really great venue for us to engage um, with the uh, EM folks. Yeah, it was great stuff. And I just did a class probably two months ago uh, with Fred and Jeff Jumper from Pima, out in Pittsburgh, it was another, was that G271, I think it was, and that was a severe weather and emergency management. Just great, great stuff. I mean, you know, if you're in emergency management, you're either a hazmat guy or, you know, you're into, like, the fire side, but I'm, I'm the breed that's into the weather okay, stuff, I'm Amy. The, the breed that's into, like, social media and, like, public information. And that's fine, and that's, okay. that's great, but you don't understand. It's, it's because of Josh Gelman. Um, you know, weather is just this 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 thing, and so I'm dying to ask you guys. I mean, let's just have fun, right? I know weather's your job; it's your career. Do you guys get excited <laughs> when you're off when you're off duty when you see weather stuff? Like, or do you ever drive down the road and pull over and you're like, "Oh my god, there's a shelf cloud! I got to take a picture of this." Like, does it hit you at that level still? I, you know what, the older. Because I've been in this business over 20 years now, and I think the more I'm in the business, the more I like high pressure. I like taking pictures of blue skies and pretty sunrises and pretty sunsets. And you like droughts, too. And I like droughts. I remember so, that. That's right. So that means the weather's quiet. So I think as, like, as you get in there longer, you know, I still have a passion for like, you know, seeing a cool cloud or like a wild cloud or if there's a tornado close to where I am or doing surveys, you get, you get pretty amped up for that. But 
I don't know. I just think the longer I'm in, I'm just like, I like quiet weather. I think yeah. it, it makes it because there's so many more things we can be doing educating people. Kind of what my primary role is, and that gives me more time to focus on that versus what we call weather pass, going back and seeing what happened, how many storm reports, you know, was it a tornado or not, and doing surveys and all that stuff. So it just kind of gives me a chance to kind of move forward versus kind of look back. Very cool. I don't know about, I don't yeah. know about Matt. Well, He's younger than I am. I was going to say, I'm a, I'm a little younger than Fred, so I still have the itch to maybe go out and, and check things out, maybe a little more than he does. But I I do like, especially after a long string of busy weather, I, I can take some dry days and high pressure and, uh, and sunshine um, uh, just like he can. Because we have two guys at our office, too. Every May, they take a week off and they go to Oklahoma or te- Texas, where depends where they fly into, and they chase tornadoes. So the, our one guy went this year, and he saw seven tornadoes over the course of about four days. Wow. Wow. You would love it. You should go with him next year. I know. That's, that, that, that would, to me, that's a dream vacation. Like, I don't need the Caribbean. I need the Caribbean. I want to go where there's, like, bad weather. Because yeah. I do photography, and so I like to, you know, photograph weather. And I've gotten some cool shots over the years. Can we talk about hurricanes for a minute? Just because I've been dying to talk to uh, one of you guys. Because, you know, my, my good buddy, Josh Gelman, who you guys all know. Um, you know, when I talk to him about stuff, you know, it's usually... Yeah, I, I think he's just over the whole weather thing. So we got a t- I, I got questions about Hurricane Dorian. Is that okay? Yeah. It just stopped. Like, did that ever? Does that ever historically happen with hurricanes that they just stop in the middle of the ocean for two days, three days? Yeah, we've had hurricanes. I think the longest track hurricane from like from its initial conception to like a uh, when it was named a hurricane until its end was like thirty nine days. Holy cow. So they can last a long time out there. We've seen, like, that's the worst case. Like Harvey that impacted Houston a couple of years ago, it just came on land, and then it just decided, you know what, I'm putting the brakes on, I'm putting the car in park, and I'm going to sit here and spin, dump a, dump a lot of rain. Yeah. Wow, that's, that, that was unbelievable. Just a personal story from Dorian. I was then at the, the Outer Banks uh, for that storm. I had to evacuate. Oh, wow. Uh, thankfully, our area up in Nags Head, where we stay, wasn't uh, impacted too much, but I know they had a lot of issues down further south uh, toward Hatteras. See, here's a good example. Yeah. Listen to the local authorities. Yeah. He told him to leave, and he left. I'll tell you what. The, if I could plug uh, North Carolina Emergency Management, uh, Dare County, they did fantastic with uh, uh, the notifications and the weather ops there in Moorhead City uh, as well. Um, they do the, the stuff that I was looking at on my phone and on the, on the web during that storm. That was fantastic from the briefings to the, the notifications that we were getting on our phones to what we needed to do. Um, they handled that really well. You know, not living on the coast, um, you know, not being mm-hmm. used to that kind of um, sure. uh, information sharing, um, it was it was really cool to uh, you know to, to be a part of that and, and see how that flows through. Because I know it's something that we try to do back at our offices is you know decision um, support services and things like that. So th- to see that go through from the weather office down there to their county emergency management and and, and other uh, local municipalities, that was really really great to see. I'm, I'm curious, just because you guys are geographically, uh, your offices are different in the state. What percentage would you say of of your job truly involves emergency management, like interacting with them, providing product to them, uh, briefings to them, et cetera? Uh, I guess for like my end, like I'm, you know, Matt's more he's he's more operational, but he still does a lot of the stuff that you know that I do. Um, 
I would say most of my job is probably like 25 to 30% dealing with the folks wow. in the emergency management. Um, the other 25 is probably just kind of working normal forecast shifts. And then the rest is kind of doing, you know, talks here to you know, civic groups or um, just doing our nor- your normal behind the keyboard bookkeeping, bean counting stuff for the, the folks uh, higher up. But yeah. uh, we work a lot with them. I mean, they're coming, we call our, our core partners because. You all are the the voice for the counties in your townships, and the more that we can get information to you, the more you can get to people that need it the most. And again, it's a working relationship that kind of you know that saves lives. That's great. Yeah, maybe a little bit less so um, for me personally. Um, working more on the operations side, um, I know Fred's counterpart at our office, Pete Young. He just recently retired. In fact. Um, we're having a retirement brunch for him probably over now, but if he was listening, shout out to, to Pete yeah. um, on his um, great career in the weather service. Um, but, you know, since he's gone, especially, you know, a lot of other people have to, you know, pick up uh, those same roles that, and responsibilities that Fred's doing with uh, outreach to our core partners. So maybe a little bit less for me operationally, but um, the more I think folks like myself who are in operations can get into um, opportunities where they're working with emergency managers, they're working with core partners, media um, and the others, they can kind of see, well, what I'm doing has meaning, and they can see that um, translate through through the forecasts and decision-making. So I think it's great. The more and more we can get involved um, in the EM community, the, the, the better we'll, we'll be able to provide service. Very, very cool. I have a question. Go ahead, please. How? how why meteorology? How? Why? Yeah, it was interesting. Like, So it's like, you know, I think um, different people have different stories. That's what you know, makes us all unique is, like, you know, I used to watch the Weather Channel a lot as a kid. I know people don't watch TV now because it's not cool what's not on YouTube. Um, but, like, I really didn't know. Like, you know, some like, we have people that we come across that, you know, from age, like, five, they know they want to be a meteorologist. Like, I really didn't know until, like, my senior year. It's like, you know, I watched the Weather Channel. I didn't know what to do. I was going to go in the military. <clears throat> and my mom was like, well, you like you like watching the Weather Channel. You know, Penta's got a meteorology program. Why don't you look into that? And so I, I kind of went there, stuck with that, and, um, kind of saw the, you know, the the country, but uh, it was a lot more. It was a lot more math and science than I ever thought I was getting myself sure. into. Yeah. Sure. So as can attest to. <laughs> yes. Um, so did I, you go to I, Penn State too? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we both went both went to Penn State. Um, slightly different path for me. I, I some people have like one or two specific weather events that was triggered. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I don't think it was that way for me. I know growing up, I used to watch the Weather Channel a lot, like Fred. But I don't have like one particular event that sticks out of my mind that that made me you know flip the switch and say I'm going to do weather. Um, but but even from the early, uh, a young age, I did know that I wanted to do weather all the way through uh, through high school. So that made my my career choice pretty uh, uh, easy once you know once I got to graduation and went on to Penn State. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, are they ever going to like teach a class for dummies on how to use the Penn State School of Meteorology e wall? Because when I go to that website, I look at it and I'm like, uh, it's you know, so overwhelming. That interface has not changed since the late 90s when I was in college. <laughs> so overwhelming. <laughs> Can't figure it I out. I mean, it hasn't changed much, has it, Matt? No, the look and feel of the webpage is largely the same since, yeah. since, you know, wow. since I've been there, and that, that's over 15 years now. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, you got to find some uh, yeah. other options potentially. Yep. Hey, listen, I I I need to I need to dumb it down too some pages because it's like it's like whoa. As you get older, you just kind of just can't process it all at yeah. the same yeah. time. So I promised you guys ten minutes, and I'll leave you with one final question because I know you guys got to leave, which stinks. I hope you are staying. <sighs> Is there ever a time when you look at weather and really think to yourself, "This one's going to be bad." Has that moment ever happened for you 
as a forecaster. Yeah, I mean, we can see those coming, especially, I mean, not locally per se, but like, you know, in the Midwest, like a tornado outbreak or, a, you know, a uh, widespread, like, you know, devastating uh, Category 5 hurricane. I think for uh, locally, like in Western PA, I think it's when we see a, a flash flood event coming, like what we saw in June of last year in the South Hills of Allegheny County. Like, we knew it was bad. Storm sitting there. We know we get four or five inches. We know it's going to be bad. Um, so I think mostly it's a flash flood event for Western PA. And central Pennsylvania coming up on the on the winter here. Um, I know that uh, there, there have been some big snowstorms in the past. And I, I think now more than ever we have, um, you know, the capability to really see the big snowstorm, um, you know, sort of unfolding. And we're able to provide that information, you know, not just the six, you know, it's just snow. You know, we're talking feet of snow, um, you know, for these events. So I, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool opportunity um, that we're going to be having here. Um, as we move into the, the winter season. And being able to do that and provide that information is uh, really cool. And do you guys have any closing predictions on this year's winter? I uh, just look at the woolly worm, right? It's, yeah. it's half, half Wait, brown, the half black. F- <laughs> Farmer's Almanac. Or the weather rock. Yeah. Oh, the weather rock. I forgot about the weather rock. Okay. Guys, okay. thank you so much. You've just made all of my podcast dreams come yeah. true. <laughs> no problem. Merry Christmas, Paul. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and that's going to do it for episode 29 of the Kima podcast.